Legion FC is back for Season 5. Birmingham's very own professional soccer team kicks off its next home game on Sunday, April 30th at 4 p.m. at Protective Stadium versus the Hartford Athletic. To come to a game and support the team and its players from places like Ghana, Jamaica, Brazil, and all over the U.S. on their quest to win a championship, check out bhmlegion.com, at bhmlegion on social media, or of course, the Legion FC app to get tickets and find more information. Hammer down. All right. Um, how many jokes you got? I got two puns. Two puns. Yep. All right. We'll see how well they go. We'll see how well they go. Representative Neil Rafferty is the state representative for House District 54 in the Alabama House of Representatives. He is a Birmingham native and a Marine Corps veteran. After his term of service in the military, Rafferty used his GI Bill benefits to earn degrees from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Rafferty's lifetime of service has been at the core of his career. He has worked to advance the interests of our communities underserved as a program director at Birmingham AIDS Outreach in Birmingham. His role included managing an intensive collaboration with community members, partner nonprofits, the Center for Disease Control, state and county health departments, and clinics to implement community-coordinated public health strategies. Since entering the legislature in 2018, Rafferty has been recognized through his participation in the State Legislative Leaders Foundation Emerging Leaders Program with Darden School of Business at the University of Virginia through the Fair Fight Fellowship, the Future Now Fellowship. He has been an outspoken and avid advocate for women's health, minority health, LGBTQ and racial equity, veterans issues, and Medicaid expansion. He has, le- he has led the way on ensuring accountability of law enforcement, expanding access to mental and medical health care for all Alabamians, pushing for women's health and reproductive justice, and expansion of voters' rights. He serves as the House Democratic Whip and chairs the Democratic House Caucus Platform Committee. In the legislature, Rafferty serves on the following committees, Sunset, Health, Economic Development and Tourism, Transportation, Infrastructure, and Utilities, Constitutions, Campaigns, and Elections. He has been appointed to the Alabama Challenge Veterans Suicide Task Force, the Opioid Overdose Addiction and Treatment Council, and the 988 Implementation Study Group. He also is a member of the State Innovation Exchange's Reproductive Justice Leadership Council and the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition. 
He resides in the Crestwood North neighborhood with his partner of 18 years, their dog and cat. I nailed it. Woo! (laughs) So, Neil. That was a lot. What is your, it's really not, what's your middle name? My middle name is Thomas. So, Neil Thomas Rafferty, Mm -hmm. tell me a joke. Tell you a joke. All right. Yes, sir. So, let's see here. Uh huh. Now, I had to ask around for some good ones. And, and, and I think I got and some why? good, good solid puns. Let me tell you what. <laughs> yes, because of what we talked about earlier. Yeah. like, man, the only jokes I really have are, are dirty ones. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he said that wasn't a good look for a politician. I said, okay, okay, I got you. I got you. So we're going to excuse these lighthearted jokes. Just know he has a much bigger right. sense of humor. Oh, yeah. I know you got the, uh, the, from the Marine Corps, you certainly de- develop a repertoire of um, all Absolutely. sorts of jokes from all over the country. So. <laughs> all right. So the first one is, what's the difference between a cat and a comma? What? One has claws at the end of its paws. The other has a pause at the end it, of the claws. I like that. <laughs> Why can't Congress ever be vegan? Because they th- eat red meat. <laughs> because all the turkeys playing chicken <laughs> in a beef over pork is pretty fishy. That's great. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, that's isn't good. It? That's good. All right. Give us your next one. The next one is, what's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a unicycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? Attire. Attire. I got it. I like that one. We're going to let those pass, but you got to tell me the dirty ones once we're off the air. For sure. (laughs) Now, um, you do have an impressive bio. And resume, and we are so proud of you as a legislator for the city of Birmingham. But your your constituents mm-hmm. know more about you than the rest of us do. So Hopefully. I want to know. <laughs> so I mean, like when I met you, mm-hmm. it was as. Uh, state representative elect, mm-hmm. and so we have a friendship that starts there forward. Right. I don't. I don't know anything about you, and and I would love to know what kind of childhood you had, what right. your parents were like, sure, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so first and foremost, I you know my my parents um, a very loving, dedicated, hardworking couple. Um, Worked very hard to provide me and my 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 siblings with a with a life that you know they were not afforded as they were growing up. They were the first of both of their families to go to college. Really, um, where'd they go? Ohio State. Really, and, and, that's, and that's actually where they ended up meeting was at Ohio State. So, and how many siblings do you have? I have two siblings. So I have, okay. and they're both Irish twins. And then I'm ten years later. So, oh wow! So they are. Uh, I got a sister that's ten years older and a brother that's eleven years older than me. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now, what was it like in the household growing up? Were, <laughs> you know, you were, uh, they were 10 years gone, but like, were you this athlete? You know, what was it like? No, I was uh, definitely 
choir, uh, love okay. music, um, okay. love singing, love piano. Um, so really? that, that was that was more my my style. Do you still play? I still play a little bit. I still okay. sing, obviously. Everyone's, I know everyone, you sing. Everyone sings in the car, though, Everyone right? has seen you sing a right. little karaoke, though. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> I forget about that sometimes. That sometimes I do work up the bravery to go up there and, uh, <laughs> and put myself out there and sing. Um, but uh, so that's been – music was really my big focus. And, and I was in the choir. I was a choir kid. Still yeah. am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to find some choir that I could participate in these days. It's just a, uh, I don't know. My schedule's pretty hectic, and I don't yeah. know if I can make it to rehearsal as you know, yeah, as I should if I were to be a member. So. Yeah. Um, now, where'd you go to high school? Mm-hmm. So I graduated John Carroll, class of '03. Go Cavs! Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to remember. How old are you? I am 38 years old. Okay, so you're behind my sister. My sister went to John Carroll as well. All right, and what was your matriculation through John Carroll like? So I ended up at John Carroll because um, of a sign of actually some adolescent and childhood tumult that I was dealing with in, in, in the public school that I was at at the time. Um, was, which was? Which was Hoover okay. at this point. So I grew up in Bluff Park. Okay. Um, and so when I uh, was there, I, I I started getting bullied quite yeah. a bit, and I uh, started hanging out with you know some some bad folks. Uh huh. And eventually, I ran away from home, and uh, ran away from home, and about for about three weeks, and then finally, uh, you know, said I wasn't going to come back. I'm never going to go back to that school ever again. And yeah. then. I, uh, my mom had worked for the Catholic diocese for 25 years as a, as a first grade teacher at this point. So she was able, I was able to go to John Carroll with oh, that, wow. with that benefit that she yeah. was kind of a godfathered into a godfather, grandfather Grand, into, yeah, into yeah. as far as, uh, you know, your kids would be able to go there. So went to John Carroll and it was a much different experience. I was able to start making straight A's, you know, have a normal adolescence and, uh, moved on from there. Yeah. What um, but 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 the really answer your question, John Carroll was amazing mm-hmm. um, for me. Uh, there was no everyone hung out together, and because mm-hmm. it is a private Catholic school, there's folks from all over the city and the area. Right. So right. I would have some best friends from West End area, and we meet up in Mount Brook to go go hang out and 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 have fun. Like that was just part of of how it worked. That, and and, and I love that same, about John Carroll. It was the same with Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have, like, I don't know anybody, yeah, younger than me, but nobody in my class was from my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so I have all these friends from all over the city. And mm-hmm. my closest um, friends all went to Carroll. So okay. I got to meet a lot of people through right. Carroll. So I think um, my high school years kind of prepared me for now as it relates to networks and, you know, having people all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now, no, that, and that certainly plays, it plays an effect. Uh, you know, I'd like to say that my roots in Birmingham are deep and wide. Yeah. Here, so. Now, at what point did you decide to go to the military? At what point I was, uh, was it a really good recruiter or was it your decision? It was my decision. <laughs> um, and it was, there was a there's a lot of there's a mul there's a whole bunch of different reasons why. Uh-huh. 
And one of them was primarily because I met my partner who was in the Marine Corps at the time. Okay. And then we kind of talked, and then I decided to join as a result of that relationship. And then we actually ended up serving together in the reserves here, um, deploying together and that kind of thing. Um, because when he got back from Iraq, there was this thing where I didn't want to – it was a, it was very bad. It was a very rough year of him being gone and me, you know. Yeah. Is there something about being so, – because I've been on both sides of the deployment now. Yeah. Um, and when you're on the side where you're at home and you're just kind of waiting for messages and waiting to hear what's going on, plus it was Don't Ask, Don't Tell, so everything was very quiet and, yeah. and DL and all that kind of stuff. So because of that, um, I would have to get updates through his mom and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was just it was just awful. And when he got back, I was like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. He was like, well, I'm not getting out of the Marine Corps. And I was like, well, then I will join. Wow. Um, so that's one thing. But yeah. the other really big thing is I was bored, directionless, and had no discipline and wanted to – and knew that I needed something like this in my life. And Marine Corps ended up being a, you know, a, huge, um, a huge challenge uh, for me as it is for everybody and ended up changing me for the better in so many different ways. Now, um, I, have a, I have a thought on that. Mm-hmm. When I, when I went into the service, you know, my dad, um, Vietnam veteran, mm-hmm. and blacks were treated like shit, you know. And oh, yeah. so he was like, you want to do what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he lost his shit, for real. Mm-hmm. I went anyway. Um, what branch? Um, I went to the Navy as a hospital corpsman, mm. then went to... Um, field training and was with the um Marine Corps Reserve Unit in Bessemer. Really? No yeah. joke. So you were on so you were on so you on blue side and then made the move to the green side. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I had to carry both packs. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well so Doc, I can appropriately call you Doc. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> there's a there's a saying we say some of the best Marines I know are Doc, are, are are Navy Corpsmen. So. That's right. That's right. So um now, fast forward to right now, mm-hmm. for a kid that isn't sure about what they want to do, I think the military is an excellent opportunity. And I think you are a personification of it in your story. You weren't, I mean, you went from directionless to super citizen and eventually uh, an elected official. Well, so the Marine Corps has a saying that, like, leaders aren't born, they're made. Mm. Okay, and I think that that speaks volumes. It's pretty profound when you think about it. It means that everyone has the chance. Everyone has the opportunity to be a leader. Sometimes you just need the push, the guidance um, to get to, to get you to where you can be that leader. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing about the the Marine Corps for for me that was was huge is how much I learned about teamwork and how much I learned about um, about leadership about the, the kind of leader I would want to be and the mm-hmm. kind of leader I didn't want to be as well. Now you right. learn you learn them both, um, but then you know I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't if it wasn't for the Marine Corps. There's yeah. just there's just no way I would have had the kind of courage to put myself out there and and do what you know get into politics because when you get into politics it's all of a sudden 
there's and I'm not a big limelight guy. I'm not a big attention seeker. I'm not one of those. I'm pretty low key. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to do my job. I'm more of a workhorse than a show horse is what I kind of like to tell folks. Like I'm much rather just work on grants that can actually help the community. I'd rather go and volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. And I don't care if the media is there or nothing or, or not. In fact, the right. media is there, all of a sudden I get nervous. <laughs> it's you're, tough like you're that. The type so. of, <laughs> you're the type of po- politician I can't stand if, I, <laughs> if I'm working for you. No, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Because you don't like to show what you're doing. Like, Randall was a nightmare to deal with because he's not showy. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he doesn't want the cameras around. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so how else is everybody going to know what you're doing, dude? I know. <laughs> I know. And that's what folks have had to tell me. It's like, if people don't know you're doing it, you might as well not be doing it. Correct. Um, and that's where I started doing it. Because I you know, and started posting more pictures, doing more things, and being a little bit more active on social media. Um, just kind of letting folks know what I'm doing in the community. Um, Where can people find you on social media? They can find me at Rep Rafferty, and they can find me at Rep Rafferty on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, as well as Vimeo and YouTube. Okay. Although I'm not super active on Vimeo or YouTube. Okay. Well, we got to fix that. Well, I would love to. <laughs> There's this great new thing called, I should put this out there. There's this great thing now where we used to have this issue in the legislature of folks were could say things on the floor, but it wasn't recorded. It didn't become part of the record, right? Mm-hmm. But there was this new thing that started up called the Alabama Channel, where it just started up last that year. That must be what Vari was talking about the other night. Tell us about this so, channel. So now. Alabama Channel, what they do is they record everything they record every meeting they record every floor debate they record everything and then they actually pay uh i don't know if they pay i don't know how they do this but they get a searchable trans uh transcript of it as well so it gets transcribed and it's searchable um and then you can see exactly what was going down yeah so now you can actually hold people to what they were saying on the floor Uh, i am going to put that little process together so or link or show people how they can do that because yes, that's I, very powerful it is um and it's something that we've been sorely missing here too uh because i'm you know there's been times when i feel like um when i'm on debating an issue and i feel like why are they advocating for this issue because they were against this issue it seems inconsistent and coherent as far as having a principled approach to public public service service right and um and now we have the record. Yeah. Right? So now I can search it up, public domain. You yeah. Know, you, you can take what you want from it. You can, and, and, and it'd be like the, um, the, the cop on, um, what was that? You know, you fucked up. You said <laughs> you dropped. <laughs> 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 He's like, no, boss. Like, uh-uh. You said I got it right here. And here's the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. that. Yeah. I like that. Now, um, People can find you on social media there. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you hang out the most on social media? So probably, so what's great. You should do a TikTok. I know. I, so I have a TikTok. I just don't ever use it. And I usually use Instagram and do reels or something like that. Yeah. And the great thing with Instagram is that, you know, you can automatically link it to your page on Facebook. So you just post on one and then boom, it's on both. It's on both platforms. Yeah. That's easy peasy. Yeah. That's it. Oh, and I should say this for everybody out there. State legislators do not have staff. Okay. We do not have dedicated staff to help us with any of this. So right. we're all doing it with our you know, our own 
time and effort and or you know oftentimes I will have very gracious volunteers that'll help yeah. me out with some of this stuff too. But for the most part, it is all me. Yeah. That, that, that's trying to make all this stuff happen. I remember one of my very first kind of day in the life TikTok type videos, reels that I did. Uh-huh. And people were like, great concept. You need to work on some things. Like apparently <laughs> some stuff wasn't just in the, uh, it just you know, some of the little cutesy little flashy word things were yeah. just cut off on some stuff and I wasn't formatting it right. <laughs> Hopefully I've gotten better at it now though. All right. So we're going to give you another shot at it. I have a um, a question that I love to ask my guests. What makes you so Birmingham? Mm. I love this city. This city is the epicenter for the whole for the civil rights movement, mm. and. And I think that what we do here in Birmingham is own that history, where I think a, we, mm. we we own it. Yeah. And that's why it's, I think, so progressive and so committed to racial equity and rectifying the past or having some sort of reckoning with it and understanding that we're still living in the consequences of that history. And that's part of why I wanted to get in office as well, because I was seeing these iterations of... <clears throat> slavery, Jim Crow, convict leasing, redlining, white flight, all the separation that was going in just within Jefferson County. Mm. And I knew that that was putting some kids, particularly when it comes to education, at a disadvantage than other kids mm. because the way we fund education in the state is is real messed up. We can get into the weeds in that if you want to. Absolutely. Um, so I think... That that's what makes me so Birmingham is that real commitment to progress and that real commitment to inclusion and that real commitment to um, to shared growth and prosperity. So that's what I think. I think there's a, there's a lot of hope in Birmingham, and I feel that's what I think makes me so Birmingham. We bring it Thursdays back to Birmingham. So come kick it with me for happy hour on Thursdays at the vault. Located at 1920 3rd Avenue North, Happy Hour kicks off at 5 o'clock with Gentleman Jack and Redmont Vodka Drink Specials. Hosted by your boy, The Vest, and Chris Shepard. Sponsored by Urbanham.com. Vendors, over more information, call Demetrius Carr at 205-240-9442. What's your favorite charity? So, one of the my favorite charities I've been working with quite a bit would be the um, the CCDN, which is the Character Care and Development Network. It's, uh, Please ran, tell us about so it. It's ran by Tamika Holmes, who is a woman who used to live in Southeast Lake. And she had a lot of, uh, she just noticed there was a big need. There was a, a dearth of uh, nutritious foods. There was a dearth of opportunities for folks who were getting out of um, uh, prison or, uh, you know, getting released and she started kind of working from the ground up on this. Mm. And, um, you know, I was there at the very beginning when she was just filling out grants. And I remember just being like, well, try these folks out, try these folks out, try these folks out. Yeah. Before I knew it, she was like, all right, I got the grant. Now what? I was like, well, you do your vision, everything you've been telling me you wanted to do, go on and do it. Um, 
she's set up. She has now set up food banks and uh, food uh, distribution centers, yeah. partnering with various churches all over the place, including Old Sardis Baptist Church, which I um, will go and I love to go up there and just hang out and volunteer. Yeah, and, they got and, a lot of stuff going on up there right now. They really do. cool. They really do. cool. They do. They do. Um, but there's various ones throughout throughout the area as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not, I'm not saying that it's the, uh, what I, I don't want to take away from all the other great stuff other sure. charities do. I'm just saying that Tamika should be a real inspiration because no, she just saw this issue and then just started building it up. That is exactly what this part is about. Like, I love it when somebody brings a, a charity we haven't heard of or don't know anything about because the, the whole goal, will it, the goals are twofold. Number one, to raise awareness, mm-hmm. and also to raise some money. Yeah. So if you don't answer one of these questions, Uh-oh. you have to make a donation to your favorite charity. Okay. But they're easy. So let's start with Regents Park or Rickwood Field. What's the question? Like you which one's my choose. which yeah. one? I just have to choose you have one. To choose this or it's a this or that. So I've only been to a couple of things at Rickwood Park, Rickwood Field. Okay. I've been to much more events at at Regions. Okay. Now Rickwood has way more history uh-huh. and is way more kind of interesting in that regard. Um, but Regions is also just kind of a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, and have some some real big activities going on there. So All right. I've just been to Regions more. Okay. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Love them both. Uh, support them both. Um, but Railroad Park's probably where I would go because it is in district. Okay. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Protective Stadium. Um, once again, I have yet to be at a concert at Legacy Arena or any any game. I need to change that. I'm ashamed to admit that. We'll go to a few. I'll keep, I'm going to keep this in mind. And okay. So when I got tickets to some, I'm going to let y'all know. All right. Good deal. All right. Did I say Crossplex or Legion Field? Legion Field. All right. Just because... Once again, I've been to Legion Field. <laughs> Magic City Classic is off the chain. It's always, always a lot of fun to go, um, and I've enjoyed it ever since. I awesome. love seeing you at the games. You, you, you hang out. Yeah, no, no that's it. <laughs> Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? So McWayne Science Center is in district. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be partial to that one. But now <laughs> okay. I do love the zoo because I'm a big biology nerd and, and love ecology and, um, and zoology and that kind of thing as well. So. Okay. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Once again, Sloss Furnace is in district. so <laughs> I'm making it easy for <laughs> so you. Sloss Furnace <laughs> is where it's at. Also, they're, they're, they're both very historic, obviously quite historical. Um, but Sloss Furnace has some real pointed history, particularly going back to um, uh, our, 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 the racial terror that's kind of ha- that, that has that has its fingerprints all over this land. And I think uh, Sloss First has taken really extra care to make sure that they are marking that and um, and making that part and well-known to, to folks who come and visit it as well. So That's a good, good perspective. Um, Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum? 
Uh, Civil Rights Institute. All right. Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Birmingham Barons. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham... Did I say? Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? The Stallions. So much more football, baseball guy. Alabama or Auburn? Roll Tide. Alabama State or Alabama A&M? I do not get into that one. <laughs> Money for the charity. I usually come up with a question, so that's $50 to your charity. <laughs> that's, that's fine by me. That's fine. It's better than making that decision, huh? And um, Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Good answers. I got, good answers. I got a book of Tupac's poetry. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So... I, I'm just more familiar with his work. Okay. So I was an English major, so that's it. <laughs> I got you here for three reasons. Okay. All right. One, I wanted to learn more about you. Number two, which we'll get to, is, well, three is which we'll get to is, I want, from your perspective, what should, what's going on in the legislature and what should we be paying attention to? I like to say that part because right. so many things. But the third thing is, which what I'm going to ask you now, what are your thoughts on the, what's going on with the Waterworks Board? My thoughts are, are this, um, and they're pretty simple. Okay. It is there's been issues with service delivery and customer service. Mm-hmm. They need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. I think there's many people in the city of Birmingham who would agree with that. However, the way to address it is not by removing the asset from the city of Birmingham. Right. Um, it uh, There's room for improvement, but I feel like there's what oftentimes we do in the legislature is try to come up with some sweeping change that always has some other undertones to it. Right. Than, um, than what's on the surface. Right. The fact is, is that, Waterworks Board serves more people in the city of Birmingham and in Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be more of a voice. I mean, they need to have a bigger voice A bigger there. voice, right. That's right. it. Um, well, right before you got here, we had Chris Mosley on. And you should expect a lot of emails and calls from us in the upcoming uh, uh, weeks. More importantly, um, Jim Carnes is, should look forward to a lot of emails and calls because as I was saying to, to Chris and I've said to other people, I can't remember the last time everybody's been on one accord when it comes to the Birmingham waterworks board. (laughs) And we are all on the waterworks boards side on this. And uh, we, we're going to need Montgomery to butt out. You know what I mean? So actually something I, I, I campaigned on originally back in 2018 and had nothing to do with the Birmingham Waterworks Board was uh, move Birmingham forward by keeping Alabama <laughs> out of the way. Yeah, that's the <laughs> in, truth. In, in a lot of ways. I mean, that that's you got to let us do our own thing up here. But I feel like sometimes when we're trying to do um, some things up here, they'll just snap a little pre- pre- preemption bill to squash it. Yeah. Um, like, well, minimum wage, for instance. Right. That was, that was a big one where Birmingham was trying to make some real change here mm-hmm. um, for the quality of life for its citizens and for the people that live here. And then it got preempted to where they couldn't, it could no longer do it. 
thing is the federal minimum wage, for instance, doesn't really make sense in, in that case and why because the cost of living is more in Birmingham than it is in a more rural part of the state. So exactly. it actually kind of makes sense to allow um, places that have higher costs of living help their citizens there um, by being able to raise the minimum wage. Another one that was preempted, few people know about, um, when uh, Sheriff Petway first got elected, uh, they wanted to decriminalize marijuana oh, and yeah. put it all on that the big yep. bi- big ticket. Yep. And Montgomery was like, nope. nope. And you know, it those are just the things that a lot of people think you guys broke your promise. Oh, right. But in actuality, you wanted to keep your promise, went to Montgomery to get that promise kept. And like you said, the rest of Alabama just holds us back. That's 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 that, that that's part of it for sure. What what should we? What's going on in the legislature that mm-hmm. we should be paying attention to? Unfortunately, there's a lot of defensive work that we got to be looking at right now. Um, there are there's a really terrible bill that is dealing with voting rights and voting issues, particularly how absentee voting is done. What's um, going on there? So the, right now, they're trying to make sure that folks, nonprofits, for instance, that might help and assist a, uh, a person with a disability, a person in an elderly home, a senior home, or something like that, um, to complete the uh, application uh, for, for an absentee ballot. And then if, say, they were having a hard issue or hard time like reading or understanding, they could have somebody kind of help them, help them out with that. Um, this bill would make that illegal. Um, so that's a big bill that I think that we, we need to be pretty concerned with. A lot with. of people talk about how racist the bill is, but it's ageist. Yes. It's, you know, it, 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 well, it, it, it the people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, tar- the, the collateral damage that will be caused by targeting absentee black ballots, which is basically what they're trying to do, it's it's going to hurt a lot of other people. It is. It's even going to hurt some efforts on the on the Republican side too. So it's 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 even. But the thing is, we need to have more people being able to vote and being able to have access to it, and they should have the dignity to be able to you know kind of do that on their own terms with the help that they want to have help them out with the uh, with doing it right. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm a big, huge proponent um, for early voting, you know, opening up the uh, the polls for no excuse absentee voting for um, automatic voter registration. I want people to have more of a voice in government. I would love to see us get something where citizens can do an initiative or referendum um, and get it on the ballot. Mm-hmm. You know, right now there's mm-hmm. no mechanism mm-hmm. for, for, for Alabama right. citizens to do that. right. We're one of only a handful of states that do that as well. Most states have some sort of citizens' initiative that they're able to put on the ballot to be be voted on. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. That's yeah, a- yeah, this, it's pretty common. I mean, if you want to look at like what Arkansas did, that's how Arkansas got Medicaid expansion passed. For mm-hmm. instance, it wasn't the politicians; it right. was the people. It was the people who were dealing with the consequences of failing to take the political bravery and expand Medicaid. So it came up to the people to put it on the ballot and approve it that way. What else is going on? 
other stuff going on, criminal justice right now. So there are <clears throat> the prison crisis, obviously. Now, uh, I, let me go on record. Mm-hmm. I am for that. For, Be- for what? For bigger, better prisons. Because I have friends in prisons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I hear what you're saying as far as money should be going to mental health. Mental- yeah, but these people are on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these people are being eaten alive by stuff. And it's like, I'm for new new facilities. So here's what I will say to that. I don't think there's any disagreement that we need to build new prisons. There's none. The problem is, is that we are not doing what we need to do to uh, reduce recidivism, to keep uh, nonviolent offenders out of prison, um, and that we're, we just keep stacking more and more laws on the books that will just further incarcerate people who might be suffering from addiction or substance use disorder as opposed to working on treating that issue um, at, 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 at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the biggest mental health provider in the state, the biggest line item for the Alabama Department of Mental Health is our prisons, right. is, the, is the Department of Corrections. That is a travesty. It is. Particularly when we, gotta, we, when we but try all to... But all I say... But we, but we do need to build new prisons. Yeah, I'm like, let's talk about it after these people are up, up off the ground. We do need to build yeah. new prisons, and the, but we don't want to... But, but it needs to be complemented with meaningful criminal justice reform at the same time. Alabama incarcerates more people than per more people by the population than any other state. In fact, I think I've heard stuff about anywhere in the developed world even. Yeah. We have a I higher mean, incarceration rate than 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 some Alabama and Louisiana, we're in a league of our own when it comes to bad prisons. We are. And here's the thing, the current prison here's the where it really comes down to the current prison uh, plan, construction plan, we will still be overcrowded with how many prisoners we still have in there. And that's not even keeping in mind all the prisoners that are set to go to a DOC facility that are in county jails, county and municipal jails right now because there's no room for them at an ADOC facility. Now, there is the the, the old adage, and, it, and it's true, I mean, literally – Alabama Department of Corrections builds prison cells based off third grade reading uh, test scores. The more we can't read, the more room they put for us in prisons. So with that being said, please go back to you said we could dig a little bit into how we educate our kids. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with the way? Why are we why do we compete with Mississippi to be the last in education out of 50 states? So I think there's uh, there, there's several elements to that. Some of them are political, and then some of them are historical. Um, so I would say that the, the way the system's set up right now is what it's set up through what we call a foundation program. And the foundation program is where the state collects all the ad valorem taxes or the property taxes, which are already set very, 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 very low. Um, and then, you know, they, then they send it at, back out to these school districts based off of teacher units, okay? Um, we don't have to get into what a teacher unit is. All I'm saying is every school district, regardless of how well they're doing or not doing, gets the same amount of money, okay? Gets the same amount of money per, per teacher unit, which is, yeah. I think there's 16 students make one teacher unit, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, 
if we want to, so what cities like Mountain Brook will do is raise property taxes just within Mountain Brook. What Hoover will do is really work on, and what Birmingham does is really work on uh, economic development and it works on sales taxes and and those kinds of things to kind of bring more local money into their into their coffers so mm-hmm. that they can then put those back in the school. But now let's think about raising property taxes in Mountain Brook. You can raise property tax for just one house there, right? The millage rate just a little bit for one house and probably make more um, for their coffers to educate their children there than a whole city block right. here in Birmingham in some parts, just because the property values are not worth as much here as they are in Mountain Brook. Um, so what ends up happening is all this, these special, these these services and this kind of stuff, Birmingham has to find different ways to bring um, mental health professionals and that kind of thing to really help with, with the students here where there's just a, you know, a robust amount of money that uh, Mountain Brook can use. I mean, have you? Mountain Brook could use. Um, and this is not to be talking smack about Mountain sure. Brook. I'm, I'm not trying to say anything bad about them. I'm just saying that they just that there's just way more resources there right. to offer way more services for their students who um, that that than Birmingham has. Right. Now Birmingham, I feel like does a really good job and does and has been really making some strides in that as well. And I think that the governor has even acknowledged that this is a problem and has started kind of working on some some grants and extra money to help with those equity needs mm-hmm. um, for school districts that are challenged. Right now, we're, we're, we, they say failing, but we're working on changing that nomenclature because of the stigma of that. No one wants to go to a failing school. Right. But if it's a, a school that's facing challenges, then that just means that we can work through them. How can the average citizen help you do what you do? I So the great thing about District 54 is it's very diverse, okay? It mm-hmm. is an incredibly diverse district and an incredibly progressive district. Um, and I think that and what they're really, really good at doing is advocating. They mm-hmm. let me know exactly how they feel about an issue and um, let me know, you know, vote know on this bill, They're, they stay informed, they stay tuned in, they want to make sure that, you know, they know what's going on, and then they will let me know exactly how they feel. So people really need to not be afraid to talk to their, you know, people need to understand we work for you. Right. Um, and I think, you know, and sometimes you have to let let them know, let your elected officials know that, you know, you're there because we put you there. That you have an obligation to serve all of us, and I, there's people I disagree with in my my, <clears throat> excuse me, in my district um, on, on several issues, but I will always listen, hear them out, even if we don't come up to with an agreement at the end. I always give them the time to at least express what they have to say, um, and get that get that perspective, which is often and and it can kind of move my opinion one way or another. Um, but that's important. That's good representative government. Now, <clears throat> at the same time, you got to be a leadership leader too. So sometimes there's votes that might not be popular um, because, but it's still the right thing to do. When those kind of votes come up, I always try to really explain exactly what my thought process was, and uh, and this is what I, this is what I have to do. That's part of servant leadership, right? So you serve to be a representative, but you also have to lead because there's more. And I don't want to sound 
but from my point of view and from my job and my position, what I, I get a bigger view of kind of some, some issues and some things going on that then offers me perspective that maybe not everyone else gets. Now, I do my best to try to communicate that, particularly when there is something uh, controversial, a controversial vote that comes up or anything along those lines. So that's what I try to do. Got any shout outs? Shout outs like to my friends and stuff? Yeah. Hey, mom. <laughs> no, for real. Hey, mom. <laughs> I got to say to, to my partner and my mom and my dad and my brother, uh, as I've been recovering from knee surgery, y'all have been amazing um, taking care of me. Because I'm pitiful. Like, at the beginning, I was pitiful. Couldn't do nothing on my own. Yeah, you limped in here. But <laughs> well, now I can at least walk a little bit. Yeah. And there's a time when I was just like, hey, can you get me that? Can you get me this? Can you get me that? Because I just really couldn't do anything. Well, um, we so, want to thank y'all for taking care of him. Yes, absolutely. I want to thank our state representative, but more importantly, my friend, Neil Rafferty, for joining us. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, i360news, and urbanham.com. God bless. Hi, I'm Tanita Kane from the Kane Law Firm. For 23 years, we have been the name you know, and definitely the name you can trust for your legal needs, whether it be criminal defense, personal injury, or family law, we can take care of your needs. Call 205-202-4077 or visit our website at www.canelawbham.com. That's www.canelawbham.com.